strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Hi and welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Robin. And I'm Jen. Boop. And uh, we've got some... What is this wine that we're going to drink tonight, Robin? This is a Malbec. It's a Malbec. We enjoy a Malbec. Um, I think it's this 2017. One is, I think this one's from Chile. Am I right? I'm not even going to even be, yes, but it says the valley on here. Okay. I'm not even going to, not even going to try to pronounce that. Okay. So today's episode is about Giacomo Girolamo Casanova. <gasps> oh! I know nothing about this. Okay, great. I mean, so, I know, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Skasnova. So his life is fucking complicated. <laughs> well, let's just get this, right to it, Robin. Yeah, well, this could have been a three-hour episode, but I kind of broke it down everything, and I'm just going to give you the, I don't want to say important or most important, but the type of story that correlates to the topic of what I'm trying to get at. I'll leave it at that. But okay. there's like there's like random stories. If you want to really look into the story of Casanova, there's just random stuff about him and his brothers because there were so many, blah, blah, blah. And like, oh, he traveled the world, blah, blah. I don't care about that. I want to know the real dark story of Casanova. And that's what we're going to get into. There's a dark story? Oh, yeah, honey. Oh, oh yeah. Lord. Robin's called me honey. We're about to get deep. Is this like a bondage thing? You're not going to answer me, but you've got big eyes. <laughs> big eyes because I can't see. <laughs> It's the glaucoma. glaucoma. (laughs) All right, I'm going to pour this guy real quick because, and then I'm going to hand this bottle off to you because you may need this. Probably need this if it's as intense as the eyes have led me to believe. Wow, that's a bumper sticker. Probably not. (laughs) It actually probably is. People are messed up. (laughs) Let's be honest for a second. Okay, so Casanova was regarded as one of the most authentic sources of the customs and norms of European social life during the 18th century. He has become famous for his often complicated and elaborate affairs with women that his name is now associated with the term of a womanizer. I love that they said that they're complicated and elaborate. Oh, yeah. I just, how is an affair elaborate? I'll get to that. I hope so, because it feels very, like, <laughs> feels like an odd adjective to use. He loved women so much that he told his stories in detail. So he was very elaborate. Okay. So he surrounded himself with European royalty, popes, and cardinals, along with luminaries such as Voltaire and even Mozart. He spent his last years in Bohemia as a librarian in Count Waldstein's household, where he also wrote his memoir, Histoire di Mavi, or The Story of My Life. Giacomo was born in Venice, Italy in 1725 to an actress, Zanetta Farusi, wife of actor and dancer Giantino Casanova. Giacomo was the first of six children. At the time of his birth, the city of Venice thrived as the pleasure capital of Europe, Hey. <laughs> ruled by political and religious conservations who tolerated social vices and encouraged tourism. This grand tour included famous carnival, gambling houses, and beautiful courtesans that were hard to resist. Those courtesans, man, they are ready to please. This was what sort of bred Casanova and made him 
its most famous and representative citizen of Italy. Casanova was cared for by his grandmother while his mother toured around Europe in a traveling theater. His father died when he was only eight years old, but rumor has it he wasn't actually his biological father and that his mom had an affair with one of the people from the theater, the man who employed both of his parents. Yeah, but that feels... Right. (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense. It makes sense, but it also feels like... Job security? Yeah, like she was probably put into a position where she didn't have a lot of choice. Mm. We don't know. It's just a rumor. As a child, Casanova suffered from nosebleeds, as anyone would in the hormonal stages of their life. And the doctors sort of pass it on as the dense air in Venice and all the pollution and everything. And believe it or not, during this time, there was also pollution in Venice. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I think there wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, great um, sanitation. No. No. So his grandmother sought the help from a witch who did what you would say was an incantation. But, of course, Casanova knew that it was ineffective. On his ninth birthday, he was sent to a boarding school in Padua. Since he felt neglected from his parents, it didn't really surprise him that his grandmother also just sent him away. But she wanted to get him out of the city because apparently she thought that leaving Venice and that kind of air and pollution to something more of a country-based would help him out. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi. People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are, rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Trying like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to <laughs> podcasts on. Yeah, podcast your, homecasts. Your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. I mean, how bad were these nosebleeds? Do you know what I mean? Like nosebleeds and no blade. You have one a day. I mean, as a kid, I had them all so did the I. time. My all parents time. weren't sending me to boarding school I because know, of it. But in the seventies and eighties, it was kind of like, oh, it's a nosebleed. Just put some fucking cotton up there. Yeah, and but pull it's super it common, and it has been for a long time. I know, it's not but unusual even in but it was so eighteenth century Italy. It was so bad that she saw to witch witchcraft. So. I well, guess and what else was she going to do? It's not exactly. like she had like a fucking hematologist to go see. So she can only do what she what she could do. Yeah. Off to the boarding school with you then. Mm-hmm. So conditions in the boarding house were awful. So he asked to be placed under the care of one of the primary instructors, Abby Gozzi, who tutored him in academics as well as the violin. He later moved in with the priest and his family and lived there through most of his teenage years. In the Gozi household, Casanova came in contact with the opposite sex. Gozi's younger sister, Bettina, fondled him at the age of 11. Casanova wrote in his book, Bettina was pretty, lighthearted, and a great reader of romances. The girl pleased me at once, though I had no idea why. It was she who little by little kindled in my heart the first sparks of a feeling 
which later became my ruling passion. Also known as molestation. <laughs> he was literally molested. Mm-hmm. I mean, how old was she? Doesn't say. Bettina would wash his face, neck, and chest and give child caresses to him. Even though Bettina later married, Casanova maintained a lifelong attachment to her and the Ghazi family. Casanova demonstrated a quick wit and had an intense appetite for knowledge. He went to University of Padua at just the age of 11 and graduated with a law degree at the age of 17. I mean, I guess if he's going to college at 11, right? The man can get a little... It's so gross, though. Like, 11 is just so... <laughs> but, you know, 11 is her 30. Disturbingly yeah. young, though. I know, I know. Who knows how old she was? I want to say maybe she's, like, 17. But then she later gets married, so maybe she's married at 17. So who knows? She might have been 15 and then married off or and something. She's just you know? washing his chest and mm-hmm. fondling him a bit. Fondling him a bit. The girl pleased <clears throat> me at once. And I wasn't sure why. <laughs> It's just the way it's said. It was she who little by little kindled my heart. The first sparked the feeling. The feeling in my loins. This is also a book that was written in Italian. So the, There's the English translation. translation thing is a little off, maybe. Translation might leave something to be desired. He also studied philosophy, chemistry, and mathematics and had an interest in medicine and would sometimes prescribe treatments for him and his friends. Drugs. Drugs. While at school, he also was introduced to gambling. Well, why not? Right? Where, <laughs> where he's being fondled, he's doing drugs. Now he's going to gamble. Mm-hmm. I mean, Venice. Am I right? Eleven years old, and he's Padawan or where the table to Padawan? No, Padua. <laughs> like I was that far off. <laughs> Padawan Star Wars. <laughs> I knew it felt wrong, but it seems close-ish. Oh my god! Adjacent. Oh. <laughs> This gambling was where, or what caused him to be in horrible debt. So bad that he had to return to Venice and live with his grandmother. By then, the gambling habit had taken root. I mean, even in the 18th century, moving home is is not great. You know that it's a real rock bottom for an adult when they have to move home. Yeah, but I think now nowadays, it's kind of a good thing. You're like, oh... I have to move home, but all right, I'm saving a lot of money. I'm saving a lot. Yeah, of but money. it's like so for him, right? Like he's moving it's back just, because of his gambling addiction. It's yeah. kind of like, oh, uh, well, I lived on my own for a while and got really into meth, and I have to move home. That yeah. feels like the uh, 21st century adjacent <laughs> to Casanova's also movie during this grandma. time. I'm pretty sure that the um, the room or the home that his grandma lived in was pretty small quartered. So he either had to share a room with her or be in really close proximity with his grandmother. So it didn't really lead to a lot of privacy for a man who is 17 years old. And already has a gambling problem. A very horny man at 17 years old. A horny gambling... Violinist doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. While back in Venice, he started his law career and was admitted as an abbey by the orders of Patriarch of Venice. He shuttled back and forth to Padua to continue his university studies, and by now he had become something of a tall, dark, and handsome fellow with his long hair that was powdered, scented, and elaborately curled, and he was... Did his grandma do it? Grandma powdering your hair? Please powder my hair, grandma. 
Grandma, can you use the powdered, um, the scented powder from your bosom on my beautiful, long, dark locks? No, 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 no. I just had a really disturbing vision in my mind. You're welcome. Also, can you imagine him if he shares, like, the same room as his grandmother and she sees him doing it? She's like, do you want me to help you? I'll help you. He's like, okay, thank you. And he passes all the tools over to her and is, like, quaffing his hair. So Casanova's growing curiosity about women led to his first sexual experience with two sisters at the same time. That's like his first. Come his on. First sexual experience. Come on. But their names were Nanetta and Martin Savergan, whatever, sorry, who were at the time 14 and 16 years old. This is just a real horny story. After his grandmother died, Casanova entered a seminary for a short time, but soon his debt landed him in. <laughs> Casanova tried to become a priest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Oh yeah, and molested two children. Two children. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you don't know how two he was seventeen, right? Mm-hmm. 14 and 7, 16 isn't that far off. And he says first sexual experience. His first ever sexual experience. You don't know if it's penetration. It is. Oh, okay. His um, his idea was, uh, I, I, I read part of his little thingy and it said um, he, la- he laid <laughs> Hopefully there. Hopefully his thing, thingy wasn't that small. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sorry, Casanova, if it was. Yeah. It's like, hopefully he had other talents. Um, so what it was is that he was laying in the bed with both sisters. He turned to his right, started kissing one of them, deflowered her. Then after that, he turned to his left and deflowered the other. I mean, stamina, right? There's something to be said. I mean, for your first time, you know you have stamina. I mean, it, God only knows how many times he, he went at it, though. You mm-hmm. know? This is unsavory at best mm-hmm. this conversation <laughs> so as i was saying before after his grandmother passed away casanova entered a seminary for a short time but soon his debt landed him in jail his mother attempted to secure him with a position with bishop bernardo di bernardis but was rejected instead he found employment with a powerful cardinal aqua viva in rome he later met the pope and immediately asked him to be exempt from reading forbidden books <laughs> he also composed love letters for a, another cardinal. When Casanova became the scapegoat for a scandal involving local pair of star-crossed lovers, Cardinal Aquaviva dismissed him, thanking him for his sacrifice and basically ending his career in church. So while he was in the church, he is reading naughty books mm-hmm. and penning love letters between... A cardinal and Mm -hmm. some sort of another person. Mm -hmm. I mean, the church is saucy. Thus, his career of a libertine took over in the lagoons of Venice. His sexual libertine. We've heard that. We've heard that word before. His sexual travels stretched through Europe, from the valleys of Rome to the domes of Constantinople. So, through his travels, Casanova met his match. While in his twenties now. He encountered a lovely young French woman disguised in men's clothes and escorted out by a Hungarian officer. In his book, he called her Henriette. 
Her seductive combination of wit and polish showed that she was a noblewoman on the run. And he fell more and more in love with her. His love inspired him to learn French, which was basically the language choice of European courts in the 18th century. Don't know exactly why she was running, but I assume it's to escape. Right. Like she's like, oh, this arranged sucks. marriage. Bye. And like kind of runs away. She's like, I'm not marrying that 50 year old dude. I'm leaving. Hey, Later days. Bye. So she dressed up as a dude and then she gets into fights. And she's escorted out of bars and like all this nonsense. And he just. You like, like her. You want to like, hang out with her. I love her. <laughs> the love between the libertine and a noblewoman was doomed from the start. But it was what started the pattern of Casanova's to fall for a unattainable woman. And he would help them, seduce them, and then send them on their way. And this was the woman who started that whole. Yeah. She's the um, patient zero. There you go. Patient zero. That, that, <laughs> that will do. Yeah. When the two of them reached Genova, she informed Casanova that it was time for them to part ways. She left nothing behind, but in the 1700 style, Dear John letter, she left a note on a window pane that was held down by a diamond ring that Casanova had given her. The note said, you will forget Henriette, too. But she was wrong, because he never forgot Henriette. Casanova once again found his way back to Venice. After returning home in 1753, he ran into conflict with the Venetian Inquisition and sought to maintain order and Catholic orthodoxy. On a humid night in the summer of 1755, Casanova was arrested for nearly every 18th century vice imaginable. Blasphemy, cabalism, gambling. Cannibalism? Cabalism. What's cabalism? I don't know. Look it up. Gambling, astrology, and Freemasonry. <laughs> Freemasonry is a crime? Yeah. It's cabalism. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's... Basically, they they arrested him for following the Kabbalah. Kabbalism? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm from Jersey. It's all A's. It's hard A's. Kabbalism. So in the summer, the jail's roof attracted the hot Venetian sun, transforming the cell into a hot oven. In the winter, it attracted cold drafts. And all year, it attracted fleas and disease-infected vermin. So that's where he was for quite a while. He craved freedom so much and wanted new clothes, luscious furnishings, and, of course, women. Realizing that his cell was above the Inquisitor's chambers, he began the plot of his escape. He found an iron bar. I don't know how, why an iron bar was just laying around. I don't know. But he started to chip away at the floor. And he dug and he dug and he dug. And so his, he planned his escape for August 28th, which was St. Augustine's Day, when the place would be completely empty for the holiday. Three days before he escaped, he was moved to another room. <gasps> Son of a bitch! So all that hard work went... I mean... Son of a bitch. I'm kind of wondering who's going to take over his old room. I know. And be like, be oh, like, this is cool. <laughs> like, I'm like, well, look at that shit. Wow. There's a way out right there. Prepped and ready. So once he recovered from the disappointment of being moved to another room, he kept trying. So he even started to try and rope other prisoners into the escape plan, including a priest named Father Balbi. Finally, on Halloween night in 1756, Casanova and Father Balbi escaped. 
Casanova and the priest might have escaped their cells, but they were not free men yet. They moved over to the pitch of the roof, careful not to fall in the narrow canal below, moving their way into a chamber below where they bunkered down. It was an adventure. And they rested and they even changed their clothes. Where they got these clothes, maybe there was a letter written to someone saying, hey, there's this cliff. Also, how does he know that? So I really don't agree with this whole escape plan. Or maybe they just found the clothes, right? Like when they found a place to hunker down, maybe there were some clothes there. I hope or so. Or off of like a clothesline or maybe. maybe like a hamper. Like who knows? I don't know how um, segregated this prison was. So it could just be next door to a family. It could be well, next I mean, door When you're talking about like the ability to just fall into a canal, that leads me to believe it's in like Venice proper, it's, like it's right Venice. there. It's absolutely so like you've got to be not too far from other homes and civilization right so after they bunker down for the night changed their clothes they fled from venice to the mainland in a gondola finally going their separate ways father probably's like thanks for your time deuces i want to know what the father did you're a hoe well it's the inquisition so you didn't have to do a lot that's true (laughs) you know you said a bad word yeah you just rolled your eyes at the wrong person (laughs) So from there, Casanova continued his wanderings. He went to Paris, where he helped establish a lottery to enrich France's resources. He posed as a magician, opened a silk factory, and had sex with about every single woman he met. Casanova, the wolf of women, was on the lam. He drifted to Amsterdam and Dresden, where he finally found his way to the Castle of Ducks. It was in a coal country in Czech Republic, where he then got a job as a librarian. He spent his days writing his memoir and arguing with the kitchen staff about pasta. I mean, he's Italian. He's fucking Italian. But here is some of the dark truth. For all of the romanticism surrounding 18th century Venetian Casanova, which caused centuries of jealous men of his conquests, there was also a very dark side of Casanova. So for every love affair, there was plenty of instances where he outright raped and abuse these women. In many of these situations, children were the objects of his affection. In 1740s, Casanova purchased a girl's virginity from her own mother and beat the girl when she wouldn't submit. A few decades later in St. Petersburg, he bought a 13-year-old sex slave. In 1774, at the age of 50, he ran into a former lover, Irene, with her nine-year-old daughter. He wrote that the girl did not reject his caresses. He even encouraged Irene to offer her daughter to a wealthy baron who loved little girls as much as he did. Casanova stated that he had about 120 sexual partners and sexual victims, which included nuns and underaged girls. He even impregnated his own daughter. Oh, my God. Years after he engaged in a threesome with her and her mother. He vomit. I want to vomit, Robin. I want to vomit. I'm I'm almost done. I'm almost done. So he wrote in his memoir, I have never been able to understand how a father could tenderly love his charming daughter without having slept with her at least once. His behavior could be described as what they did back then, but fully grown men engaging in sex with underage and pre-adolescent girls was not as common as people would think during that time period. 
Casanova was a man who was sex-obsessed and saying that violating a nine-year-old girl was something worthy of honor and even celebration. In 1798, Casanova died at the age of 73 at the Castle of Ducks, and his gravesite remains unknown to this day, but rumor is that it is in the graveyard of St. Barbara's Church, just outside of Ducks, beside the lake. The first usage of the term Casanova in written English was around 1852. Little did they know that the name Casanova was a lot darker than just the meaning of romance. So that is the story of Casanova. Just another notorious narrative. If you enjoy our episodes, you can also go to patreon.com slash notorious narratives, where you can access exclusive content. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to be notified when a new episode is available. Keep it weird and never stop exploring. <laughs>